So I'll introduce myself in the, in the moment and we'll, we'll get into it. But I just, I just felt God just really speak to me in that moment of worship. That God's about to do a miracle this morning to anyone who would believe. And I just feel like there's, God just dropped in my spirit. There's people who are believing for things to just get better and for God to do what he's done before and be good to you. But I just felt in my spirit, God say, I'm about to be great in your life if you would only believe. I just recalled... I just recall John chapter 11, verse 40, where it says, to those who believe, they will see the glory of God. And I know you want your situation just to improve, but God is wanting to display His glory in your life. And if you, if you have a situation or a circumstance this morning in the house of God where you just think, man, I, okay, I don't want it to just improve. I want to see the glory of God displayed in it. If that's you, would you lift a hand or two? I'd love to pray with you this morning. Wow, God's clearly speaking. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, God, this morning, Lord, you've spoken. And God, I just declare in this place the power of God. I thank you that God, through life circumstances and situations, we may have lowered our expectations, but we repent right now. And God, we ask for you to forgive us of low expectations. And God, we set our, our mind on Christ above, who is seated in victory. And we access that victory this morning over every situation and circumstance. God, I pray, turn around in the very hour that we pray. Let news come to us. That that God is on the move. I pray break the cycles of decline and deterioration and decay. And I pray increase, multiplication, breakthrough, healing, salvation in Jesus Christ's precious name. You are the one that we have our hope in today. God, display your glory in our lives today. We stand in faith in Jesus Christ's precious name. And someone with faith said... Woo! Oh man, a church of faith. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. Grab a seat, grab a seat. Wow, I thought it might just be for one or two, but it's for all of us. Praise God. How good is God, right? As was said, my name is Byron and I'm a merchant. I'm, I've got one wife and two kids. Fantastic. Praise God. The best part of my life, just having a phenomenal family that God's blessed me with. Keep serving God, and He'll do the greatest things in your life. I, I feel so, I've been so excited to, at the thought of coming to your church. I've met your pastors and your leaders a little earlier in the year, and Pastor Craig was just a phenomenal man, a great communicator. But I saw more than just eloquence of speech. I saw faith. I started to realize that every now and again, you, you, you come into contact with people and you, you've got to work at relationship over a while, but I just felt just this leap in the spirit, this faith in the spirit, and I just thought, man, that's a man I want to be around. And then, he's, then he manipulated me to come to speak at his church, and then uh, I thought, hey, let's roll with it. I don't get to speak anywhere else, so this is pretty cool. <laughs> uh, this is awesome. And so I'm just, I'm just thinking, I can't believe how young your wife is, Pastor Trinity. I just think, wow. It's incredible. He, he did well. He married up. He married up. Can you help me honor your great pastors and phenomenal people? Man, this church looks amazing. I feel a spirit of faith in here. I almost want to, oh, sorry, I'm getting excited. I haven't even preached yet. I just feel the spirit of God through worship. Thank you, worship team, wherever you are. You're amazing. They just disappear. It's awesome. I love how you work. Um, yeah, I... I I, I get to be involved in ministry and um, around the place, and 
And I want to share a, a question that I had with God in, in my own devotional time that birthed this message. And I, I at one point was, was very, a, a, just, just a normal devotion time got pretty raw with God. And I just, I was like, God, I, I really need an answer with this. And I want to take you on that journey in a moment. And I'll, I'll tell you the question in a moment, but I'll take you on a short journey to how I got to that question. And uh, I, I'm, I just pray it resonates with you this morning. Is that all right, church? Let's have some fun in the house of God. And let's, let's just tap in to everything he has for us. Is that all right? Well, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I just thank you for the opportunity to share around your word. God, it's um, such a privilege. And, and Lord, I, I, I don't take it lightly. You're, God, I just feel in my spirit that you've been journeying this church in such an incredible way. And I feel like 2017 is a, is a year of, of breaking out for them, God. I just sense in my spirit that, Father, you're going to catapult them into new realities individually as families. I, I even see businesses in here. Uh, I, I see as a collective. Father, I see them like walking in, walking out one week one way, but then coming in and going, whoa, this place is different. I see new people streaming in from around the region. I see this as a central apostolic hub. So Father, bless this place, God. I pray this morning, God, anoint me, continue to move through me, to speak into their worlds, so the message is relevant and moving, so that God, they would truly Lord, have a different existence because of you in their life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Sorry, you guys are getting me carried away. Oh, so I, I was, we, we, we do this, these school tours around the place. And, and when we do one big tour through uh, the, the movement I'm a part of, Equipus Church has a youth movement. I oversee that. It's called the Revolution. And we do this tour through the country, go through hundreds of high schools. Um, about 130,000 young people we're in front of in a, in a fortnight period. It's, just, it's, it's a big deal, right? It's a lot of work, huge investment. And it's, it's just spiritually being in that many high school minds, that many young people, just really grips your spirit. And, and so I was standing in the back of a school auditorium one day. And I'm watching our performance do their thing, and I'm standing there, and, and I just feel the Spirit of God just come upon me, and, and I, I just feel for these young people, um, like, deeper than I ever have before. And, I, and because 130,000 young people we stand in front of in this fortnight alone, two-week period, yet only a few thousand of them come out, like 5,000 of them come out to our rallies that, that we do on a Friday night. So we invite them out, and only thousands of them come out. And, and I, at this, one, at this one school, I just said, God, yeah, the, the willing come out. The willing come out, and, and it's the same in churches. Those who we find that are willing in our worlds, we invite them. And, and, and there's those who have been willing at one point. And, and, and they would come and they'd sit in the seats and, and, and they'll hear the message. And, and there's times that some, some responded to Christ, but there's other times they just walked out the door and all my hope and expectation for them to come know Christ and have an experience in that moment was shattered. And I just thought, oh God. And then inviting them the next time, they're like, oh yeah, they're making excuses. And I don't know, some kids got flu and some sports game on and they just don't want to come anymore. And I just think, ah, oh, in this moment in the back of a school auditorium in Dunedin, I say, God, I, I know what to do with the willing. I invite them. I bring them to church. I, I, I share my testimony with them. But God, the, the number of people in my world who are willing is very small. The number of people in my world who are unwilling is huge. 
What do I do with that number, God? With the people who are in my world, because some of them aren't at a distance, they are no names to me. Some of them right now are friends and family. And they once were willing to hear my story, come along to the odd church event, but right now they're fully unwilling. And it's hard for me to be a Christian amongst them and, and to share my faith with them and, and share my testimony. What, I know what to do with the willing, but what do I do with the unwilling? Because God, I know your word. In 2 Peter 3, 9, says that, God, you're not slow like we judge slowness. God, your, will, your word says you're, will, you're not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to eternal life. All would come. You are willing that all would come. So God, what's your plan for the rest of them? Because some of them right now I know personally, and I want to know that, God, you've got a plan for them to come. What do I do with the unwilling? Does anybody know some unwilling people? And so, God, what do you do with them? And so I just pray and I believe God. And I remember one devotion. I was, I was, and we had this kind of exchange with God. I said, God, what do you do? What do I do with the unwilling? God, I know your word says that you've got a plan for us all. What is it? God, I'm going to look through the Word of God. I'm going to go cover to cover to find out, God, what you say in your Word of God. God, I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm going to read every letter, every letter between the letter, until, God, I'm going to read the maps and the index in the Bible until I find the answer. And then in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, God gave me the answer. Come on, somebody. <sighs> I was nervous for a second because I thought, God, it's going to be a long night. And I feel like God was like, okay, Trinity, we know these guys, this guy's not going to get past Genesis chapter 1. And so, uh, so he gave me the answer in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And why don't you turn your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. Are you there? And the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Let me explain something. This is what I know to be true about the Word of God. The Word of God is not a history book of how God, a record of how God used to be, but it's an account of how He will forever be. All right? So it's not a history book of how we used to be and, oh, it's cool, God used to work like that and be like that and act like that. No, no, it's an account of how he will forever be. And so when we see his character, his nature, and his actions in the Word of God, it's an insight into how God will forever be. And in the very first verse, the very first chapter of the very first book of the Bible, we get an insight into how God will forever be. Let me explain. God has never repelled or runs away from or is grossed out by light so much so that he, by darkness, sorry, so much so that he doesn't do anything about it. All right? So, biblically, darkness and emptiness and a void is always, um, um, 
signifies a place where God is not, a place without God, all right? And so here in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, we see God looking at a place that does not have his presence, his beauty, his salvation, his transformative power, and he starts off like this. He says, he looks at it, he sees it, it's dark, it's formless, there's emptiness, there's nothing there, and he says, let there be light. And we know that in Genesis chapter 1, we find the account of creation. The beauty that we know and see and live amongst today started then. But before God did that, created beauty and creation, he turned on the light. He said, let there be light. Stick with me. We're going to journey. In John chapter 8, in John chapter 8, we find ourselves at a place as humanity where we need some divine intervention again. Another way of saying it, the earth was dark, formless, void, empty, needing Christ, salvation. Humanity had got to the point where we were our own functional gods. We wanted our own way to do our own thing. And, and we were running the other way, but God in his mercy knew better, and he was about to make a way for us where there was no way to him by sending Jesus Christ. So in other words, just like in Genesis chapter 1, he saw the earth dark, empty, formless, and void, and said, let there be light. John chapter 8 and verse 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Can you see it? Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So, so here, again, humanity needed not more trees and more water and air and all this stuff. No, what we needed was the beauty from the inside out, a recreation of our heart and soul to connect with the Father, way to Jesus, way to God the Father. And God saw that. He saw the darkness in the world and in our hearts, and He sent Jesus, said, let there. Before He did the salvation work, He said, let there be light. Can you see that how God was is how we will forever be? Before he creates and brings salvation, he puts light in. You with me, church? All right? We're seeing a pattern here. But two wouldn't be a pattern, would it, Peter Dooley? No, no, no. Two wouldn't be a pattern. We need one more at least. So why don't we go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. And here is here what it says. You are the light of the world. Isn't that awesome? You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father in heaven. I think this is pretty cool because the pattern so far is that God is not ignorant of that place which is dark and empty and void. That's the pattern so far, that he's not just going where there's little bright spots and going, oh, geez, that just looks way too hard right now. I mean, 
they were, they were happy at one point, but now they're reluctant, so <laughs> I'll just wait till they come back around. I'll just focus. No, 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 no. The pattern so far is that God keeps turning up to those places that are dark and empty and void, and he keeps turning on the light, keeps putting light in. All right, you with me? So I think this is pretty cool because this tells me that not only did he turn on the light for the world, but he's also seen very specific areas in life where there are darkness, where there is darkness, and he says, hey, you are the light of the world. So, so the, very, the very thing of what, what I was crying out to God for, he had already answered. He, was just show, he just needed to show me in the Word of God that, that the darkness I saw in that school, in the schools around New Zealand, in the neighborhoods that, that we go through and live in, and in the family situations you have right now, the, God's already answered to that. He said, let there be light. And that's why you, that's why you've been saved. That's why you've been transformed. That's why you've experienced the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit. That's why you have faith in your heart. This is why God didn't save your neighbor back then when he was saving. That's why God didn't save the person down the street and bring you into this place of knowing him? This is why. It's because he said, that person, you, are going to be a part of the plan to reach that dark place. Let there be light. Are you with me, church? Let there. Now you've got to think transformatively about the places you live, work, and where your family are. Because God has said, let there be light, and that is you. Let's, let, let, let's, let's do this. You don't look completely convinced just yet. So let me work it. Let me work with you. This is, this is my phone, and it's, it's a pretty standard phone. Everybody in the room has a phone like this because we wouldn't dare be a Pentecostal church having androids in the room, would we, Pastor? No way. Not a, not a Jesus-loving church with androids in the room. Anyway, so people are hiding their phones now. <laughs> it's good. All right, so here's my phone, pretty standard phone. And then one day at church, I come along and I, I turn my light on because before church, I'm thinking to myself, hmm, I don't know these people. They don't know me. What can I do to impress them? So I think, ha, Byron, you've got a light. So I come up to church and, in fact, can I, David, can I get you to move this pulpit for me? We are done. Not, not the message. You guys look happy and relieved. No. We've got a good three hours ahead of us, people. Settle in. <laughs> There's a nervous laughter in the church. So, so here we are. I think I'm going to totally impress them, show them my light. So I uh, charge my battery all the way from Auckland to here. It's a long drive, people. Charge my phone, bring it out. And at just the right moment, I pull out my light. And you've got that look on your face, that completely unimpressed look. And I think, wow, why aren't they impressed with my light? I mean, <laughs> this is a cool light. And then I look around, I think, ha, I see why. You've got phenomenal lights in this church. LED lights and white lights and... Lights that change color and lights up in the ceiling that hang and lights that don't need recharging. And I think, ah, oh, I see why you're not impressed with my light, people. 
And then I think, oh, what's the point? What's the point of me having a light when the church is full of lights, cool lights, bright lights, colorful lights? And I think, oh, it doesn't matter anymore, really. Just put my light away. I just won't bring it out again. No, I, I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad. It's just, I think, what's the point? What's the point bringing my light out at church when they've got all the light they need? So I put it away one Sunday, and I forget about it. And I just keep turning up every Sunday, enjoying the lights in here, colorful light, bright lights, color-changing lights. But then I start to get annoyed with myself. Not with myself so much, but with my phone. Not with my phone so much, but my manufacturer. And so I do what any self-respecting man would do. I write a letter. That's right, people. I write a letter to the manufacturer of my phone. I'm like, dear Apple, ain't nobody got time for this. I turn up to church one Sunday, and I thought that everybody is going to be impressed with my light. And so... I pulled my light out, and to my embarrassment, there's lights everywhere. Colorful lights, big lights, bright lights, color-changing lights, lights in the city, lights that don't need charging, cool lights. And I've just got one little light. You could have put more in my phone. Yours truly, hot chocolate. <laughs> nah, sorry. sorry, it's my story, okay? I can be whatever I want to be, all right? It's my story. Okay, Byron, okay, I'll slide it off right. Sorry, it's just it's what happens up here, people. <laughs> you do not want to know what goes on up here. It's our sign off, Byron. And because they're Apple, just amazingly responsive to everything, they write back to me, unlike an Android. So they write back to me, say, dear hot honey. No, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I'm getting carried away. I don't know my wife here. <laughs> she didn't know me disciplined. But anyway, so they write back to me, Dear Byron, thank you for taking the time to write to us. We're glad you're, you're checking and using the functionality on your phone. But Byron, we don't want you to be discouraged in any way about your light because your light wasn't designed for those bright moments at church. So it would be hard for you to see the purpose of your life. But we encourage you, keep in the back of your mind that you have a light and it will make complete sense when you find yourself in moments or seasons of darkness. It'll make complete sense in that moment why we gave you a light on your phone. So don't... So, so don't get distracted by the bright lights at church and forget about the light on your phone. Yours truly, the best, Apple. All right? And so I'm like, I got a response. Now let me show you something. My light, when I first had it on, wasn't very impressive. I mean, you couldn't even see its effect on the stage, on the people. I mean, you can see it, but it's having no real effect in this big, lit-up room. But what if I found myself in a very dark place, a very 
dark place. Oh, you see what I did there? And then I pulled out my light. Now, at this point, I'm starting to see the effects of my light. Not only just right in front of me while I'm looking at it, but I can see it reaching right to the back row. I can see the back wall lighting up with my little light. It made very sense and was laughed at in the brightness of church. But right now in the darkness, look at its influence. Look at, look at its impact. And it's, and it's almost like the further I push this bright light into darkness, the more impact it has. It's almost like the more, the deeper it gets into dark situations, the brighter it is, the more impact it has. And not only that, now what if, thank you, you can put the lights back on now, team. That was, that was incredible timing. You guys, man, incredible timing, guys. All right. Now, now you see the impact of my light in a dark place as opposed to a very bright place like this. You see, friend, what I come to realize is that when the Word of God says, nobody, in Matthew chapter 5, nobody lights a lamp only to put it under a bowl. You see, church can become your bowl if you don't realize your light shines its best and its most impactful outside of this environment. Are you, are you with me? This place becomes your bowl. A, a light under a bowl is, is, is something that has potential influence, but now has limited influence because of its surroundings. Are you with me? And I'm not saying that this place is not important because this place, this is the place you're reminded like this morning that you have a light on your phone. This is the place where you plug in to get charged. This is the place where, where, where you, you remind each other, hey, come on, we, don't be discouraged by that darkness. You are the light of the world. This is the place where you get recharged and replenished and refreshed so that when you go out, it's at the top of your mind when you come into that family situation, that school or university situation, that neighborhood situation where you think all these people are, people are reluctant. They don't want to know. But then you pull out your light. Now, let me explain something. If I, had, if I come into a dark room where it's been dark for a while, and as soon as a light is needed, I pull out one of these big babies, and I'm like, it's all right, people. I got a light. You know what happens? Everybody's like, oh, oh turn that thing off. It thing's crazy. Turn it off. And I turn it off. It's like, don't. Like, cool that you have a light. But I'm sure that's made for some church somewhere. Don't bring it here. You know what I'm talking about. Don't bring that bright light here. I don't got time for that. This is why Pastor Craig doesn't come to your work and start preaching a sermon. Because that bright light is meant for this platform here. It has its purpose here. Are you with me, church? Come on, it has its purpose here. Bright lights are needed here. This is why he's not called to your workplace. But you can't compare your little light to a stage light. Because they have different purposes. Come on, apples and pears. It's not the same thing. All right? It's not the same thing. Now, now but what if in that dark place of a workplace, of a family, I just bring out my little light? Just my little light. 
And the light that doesn't, they don't shriek back from, but it's so little, so helpful that it lures people in. It starts to get them asking questions like, What's, where'd you get that light from? Can, can, can you bring it over here? Because I've, I've kind of been stuck in this area in darkness for so long. I can't remember my way out, and I'm sure that light looks like it could really help me right now. I, I'm, I'm in this dark place right now, and I can't even remember if I'm, if I'm worth anything, if I've been created for anything. I just can't see. It's been that long. I can't see anymore my worth, my value, my purpose here on earth. What's the point of me even being there? And then I bring my light and go, hey, no, no, look, look. Look at yourself. You've been formed and fashioned by a loving God. Look at you. You couldn't see it, but, but here's a light that would really help. And right now, you don't want to see your whole self, but look at your face. Come on, look at, look at how you've been constructed can you see the difference? Oh, church, are you with me? Come on, right now, you need to stop just, because our only answer right now for people who are over it, reluctant, don't want to know about it, is to just keep praying and hope that one day church hits the sweet spot with a great event that they want to say yes to. I mean, that's our plan. But God's plan is let there be light. Come on, church, let there be light. And so God's saying, okay, cool. They may not want to come here to the bright lights because it just trips them out. They get all disorientated and they, they just, anybody know what I'm talking about? But they love having your little light around. They love it. And some of them, your family, so they have to keep inviting you to birthday parties and Christmas and whatever other family functions there are. Come on, they got to keep having you around. And you just keep turning up with your little light and just keep speaking hope. Just keep speaking life and light. I want to tell you about how this applied into my own life and, and we'll start to land this. And can I have the keyboarders come up and help a brother out? Um, <laughs> or, or, or play the keyboards. <laughs> Thank you. It's interpretation. <laughs> um, so, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I, I want to I share how this applied in my own life. We came to New Zealand from South Africa a good 18, 19 years ago. Any, any South Africans in the house of God today? Oh, oh my goodness. Oh my. Any, any, any other people in the house of God tonight? Wow, okay, there's about five non-South Africans. Anyway, so... You can relate. Um, about 19-odd years ago, my family came when I was only really young, and, and we came to New Zealand, and we didn't know Christ. They had no background in church or anything like that. And, and, my, um, and my dad came over first, and he was living in the middle of the city trying to get a job and the rest of it. And just like any South African man, he was looking for butchers one day and um, walked past the church in... Uh, he walked in and in a prayer meeting, gave his life to Christ, and, which is pretty awesome. It's pretty radical and powerful, and it still kind of stirs me when I speak about it. And, um, and so the very first week we arrived, I remember arriving on a Thursday, and by Sunday we were in the house of God, and I just thought, 
whoa. And I was blown away by the bright lights. It's all the people praising God and loving Him. And, so, and my family just loved it. We gave our lives to Christ. And, and huge, impactful journey. I loved it. Maybe share it with you at some point in this next two hours we've got left. And, and, um, and we, we, we loved God. And I, and I watched my dad wake up in the morning, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. I wake up and I used to go to school and stuff, but he's, he was praying and, and studying and reading the Word of God and always had music playing in the house. And it was just an incredible environment for me to grow up. But as I grew, grew older, um, my, my family, just long story short, began to drift. And, but I, I, for one reason or another, just was wrecked so much to anything else and for anything else. And all I knew was the house of God and the word of God and the people of God. And thank God for that. And while my family drifted over many years, I continued on with Christ. And it's so around this time where I was in my devotion, devotional space one morning, just saying, God, what do we do with the unwilling? Because some of my family right now, personally, are unwilling. What do I do about that? There was once where they used to ask, hey, how's church going? And I see you speaking here. What's that about? And what? And now they're just, it's just too awkward. And the more I bring it up, the more I feel resistance. And, and over the years, we've spoken less and less about it. Now they're unwilling. And after God spoke to me about this saying, Brian, I knew. This is not some failed plan of mine. I knew. And that's why I put you there. As the light. Just for just at the right time, they'll need to find their way back. And you'll have just the right light. They won't go to church. They won't go to conferences. They won't be lured in by some big evangelist. But they will keep letting you in, fingers crossed, to their life. So God said, no, no, it's not some failed plan. It's all part of my perfect plan. And so I got hope back into my spirit again for my family. And then I started praying for them daily. But I knew I needed to really expose them to my light. And so one day, after a time of prayer, I just messaged my dad. I said, hey, dad, they, they live in Brisbane. It's working there and living. Hey, dad, hope you're doing good. I just had you in my heart this morning, prayed for you. Love you. Hot chocolate. No, no. Byron. Flicked, it off, flicked off the message, and I just got a quick response back. Hey, thanks. Really appreciate that. Hope you're doing well. Love you, dad. A couple of months later, mom comes over to visit. And we're just catching up in the lounge. And, and mom says, hey, a couple of months ago, you sent a message to your dad. He was at work. And um, I don't know if you realize how powerful that one moment was. She said that whole night into that morning and that day, he felt like demonic opposition was on him. He just felt like he was sleeping tonight, felt like he couldn't breathe, was at work and just felt like everything was against him. And then he got a text from you saying, hey, I'm praying for you, had you on my heart, love you, everything's all right. Mom said, when he got your message, he cried. He cried and, and, and he started to speak to God. Now, at this point, I wanted to jump out of my seat and just like dance on the couch. and ooh. But I'm a professional, people. So I was like, that's cool. That's what I do. No, I didn't. 
I didn't. I just leaned in and I said, man, that's, that's so awesome, mom. I just felt God put him on my heart. And, and so I messaged him. I've, I've been praying for you guys. And I'm really believing that you'd have a real powerful relationship with Jesus again. And so she's kind of welling up and we're having this cool exchange. And I knew in that moment it wasn't the moment to, to ask her if she'd like to give her heart to Jesus. Because I could see she's on a journey. She said, oh, we've started playing music in our house again. That's, that's real different. And to tune into God TV. And, and we're on a journey with God. And it was all catalyzed, sparked off from one text where it was just my light saying, hey, remember? It's hard for people to remember. See, when the lights go off immediately, you remember where you are, where you're sitting, the exit to the door. But what if you've been that way for 16, 17 years, living in darkness? It's tough to remember your way home. It's tough to remember the value and your worth. You just need a little light to go, hey, remember? It's a friend right now. I, I just feel in my spirit. I just feel the anointing of God in this place. First for you. First for you, God, God just drawing you to the place where you go, ah, oh, I've got a light. I am the light of the world. And right now, the reluctant people in your world is not some failed journey and failed attempt. No, no, God knew and he accounted for that and saved your life on purpose. He saw the darkness that you're living at school and at work in your community. Come on, it's time for Puka Kobe to know Jesus. And they don't, they're not waiting for some bright light to come along. Come on, in the many workplaces and places you go, they're not waiting for bright lights to come through, but they will, and they will appreciate your little light. And right now, you need to see the purpose of God on you being saved right now at such a time as this. Because I believe that 2017 is a great harvest year that God is going to bring in. I'm, I'm telling you, in 2017, churches won't be big enough to contain what God is doing. We're going to have to rethink how we do church because God is committed. He is His will that none should perish and all would come to eternal life. But we've got to change our mindset and stop just waiting for Sunday to see people saved. We've got to see people saved on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and not just in small groups and not just in big meetings like this, but in one-on-one -on -one conversations, in school, at the playground. Come on, I've seen it happen all over New Zealand. And you've got to have a faith that says, God, I'm not just going to wait for Sunday because you're the God of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or oh, church. I feel like God's really calling you out. Say, you are the light of the world. And you keep pointing back here. But God is saying, you are the light of the world. God's saying, I've got a plan for that place you go, for those people you enter. I've got a plan. It's you. Before he brings salvation, he turns on the light. You are the light of the world. And I feel like today, God just, just drawing in your heart. Say, I've got a plan for the unwilling. It's you. You are the light. Would you stand with me today? People, I, I just, oh man. Would you stand with me today? I just feel the Spirit of God stirring in this place. Friend, if, I just, this is the first group of people I need to pray for. 
If there's anybody in your world right now who's close to you but far from God, would you lift a hand or two in faith in this place? Somebody who's close to you but far from God. Oh, Jesus. Come on right now. God's got a plan. He's seen the darkness. And he said, let there be light. And now it's not some, oh man, some failed journey, some failed, no, 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 no. How God has been is how he will forever be. He's been perfect all his days. Right now, come on. Father, I just thank you that for these ones who are close to us but far from you, God, I declare right now that today is a day of salvation. We prophesied over them and into them right now that, God, you're luring them back through our light in Jesus' name. God, no longer do we put our lights away, but, God, we see the purpose of us knowing you, being connected to you. In Jesus' name, I declare, Lord, your power and authority has given us the power to attract and to expose and to reveal the glory of God into to every one of these lives. So God, I pray, give us influence, Lord God, that oh, I thank you for the influence we have right now. Lord, some of us don't even realize the power and the influence that we do have. So I declare over them right now, Lord, let them be saved. Lord, let them know the Christ Jesus, our Lord. I pray for salvation, God. Right now, break every assignment of the enemy over our friends and family, those who are close to us but far from you. Come on right now. Would you just lift your voice for a moment and thank God that you can be the light for them right now. Thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. I, I, just before I hand back to your team here, Thank you for the opportunity to, to be with you today and to minister and share around the Word of God. Before I go, I, I, would love, I would love the opportunity just to articulate the gospel to you and make an opportunity available for anybody who just feels like this morning could be your morning. You see, friend, I, this is what I know to be true, not just because I've read it, but because I've experienced it firsthand, that my life was dark and formless and void that I've known that Jesus says in John chapter 8 and verse 34, that he who commits sin is a slave to sin, which tells me that, that sin and all the works of the enemy work against me to rule my life in such a way that I'm unable to break free of it. But Christ Jesus saw that I would need and you would need a way out of that slavery. And so God sent Jesus Christ, his one and only son, pure and perfect, without blemish, Without, without cause, he came down with cause, without sin, to die a death that you and I deserve for our sin. So Jesus Christ died on the cross to take away the sin and rebellion of our hearts and make a way back to God the Father. Friend, it wouldn't be uncommon to find in a room this size a group of people who just feels like, man, I can feel the effects of sin, killing, stealing, destroying in my life, and I want to break free of it. And you've tried to change your mind. You've tried counseling. You've tried stuff. But I tell you today, you need Jesus Christ and receiving His free gift of salvation. Come on, in our hearts, it's, a sin turns us into these rebellious people who, re, who rebel against God. But in His mercy, He makes a moment like this available to you today. 
In His mercy, He, he comes back to you again anyway and says, I, I will give you another shot. I'll give you an opportunity. So right now, with every eye closed and every head bowed in this place, and every person thinking about themselves, friend, I'm not asking if you call yourself a leader. I'm not asking you how long you've been in this church. I'm saying this morning, if you know that you've allowed sin to live in your heart and it's, and it's controlling power to overwhelm you, or you've never made a response to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you've not relinquished your, 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 your life and your rights to Him, and friend, today, you need to make a response to Jesus. So right now, with every eye closed, every head bowed, and every person thinking about themselves, I'd love to include you in a closing prayer. So if that's you this morning, I can include you in that prayer. Will you just indicate by waving your hands, I'll see it, I'll get you to put it down. Thank you, God bless you. And you, there's people putting up their hands all over this place. That's so awesome. Others right now, God bless you. Thank you so much. And you, sir. Others right now, yeah, I see your hand over there and over there as well. There too, thank you so much. Others right now, if you know that's you, and you're saying, Brian, I, I've allowed too much to happen in my life, and right now I need to hand it all over to Jesus. If that's you, friend, would you just lift your hand and wave it at me so I don't miss it? Thank you, God bless you, and you, and you, and you, and you. Thank you, and you, ma'am. Thank you so much. I'd love to pray for you too, sir, and you there. Back, I just see a young person in the back there. Others right now, you're, you're grappling with this in your mind, but in your heart, you know it's right to surrender to Jesus today. Would that, would that be you? Thank you. God bless you. I see your hand. Others right now. Thank you, God. So many people being real with Jesus in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, let's speak to God together. Would you repeat this prayer after me? And let's, let's just focus in on Jesus. Dear Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. It's exposed my heart. And I see now that I need you to save me and destroy the hold of sin that's become my reality. I receive your forgiveness and I receive your salvation. I invite your Holy Spirit to live on the inside of me and lead me all the days of my life. You are my God and I am your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we celebrate Jesus in this place? Come on, team, why don't you lead us?